Well, hello. Uh, my name is Dan Haugland, and I'm here with uh, my wife, Kelly, and we're going to share a little bit about our story today, and we hope it blesses you all. Um, we're humbled to be here and uh, be part of what you're doing here in the marriage class. So kind of how it's going to work when we uh, signed up for this, we were asked to do um, kind of share our story at one of the um, sessions, and uh, then we signed up, and then we were asked to do a second one. And it turns out it's going to work perfectly because I know uh, today is about humility Next week will be on forgiveness, and uh, just by God's sovereignty, our story fits very well into that um, into that structure. So I'm going to share um, mostly today. Kelly will start and just share a little bit about her background, and then I'll take most of it and talk about my side of our story. And then next week, Kelly will um, share primarily just about her side of the forgiveness factor. So uh, with that, I'll turn it over to Kelly. Well, hi, I'm Kelly Haugland. Um, we live in Chaska. Uh, we go to the Chaska campus. Um, but I grew up in the state of Wyoming in just a really very stable, loving military home. My parents became Christians when I was uh, just a new baby. And so really we grew up together in the Lord. Um, I did not grow up in a legalistic home, just a very um, a home that deeply loved the Lord and would continually point me to Christ. I repented the best I understood at age eight and truly loved Jesus and wanted to serve him all over the world. Um, after high school, I came to Minnesota to attend a Christian college and where Dan and I met and were friends beginning my freshman year, but we didn't start dating until my second senior year. We married two years later and truly the man I married is not at all who I'm married to now. My dream job was always to be a wife and mom. I didn't have any big thoughts to, to be in the business world or anything, but that's, that was what I wanted to be. And after our fourth year of marriage, when I finally did get pregnant and had our oldest son, Aaron, the things that I wanted most in life began to unravel. And then for the next four years, we began living together, yet living completely separate lives. So my beginning, I grew up in a, um, in a small town in, in Minnesota. Uh, mom and dad, uh, we had a wonderful family. Uh, my parents were great parents. Uh, we uh, attended a mainline um, Protestant uh, denominational church. Uh, my family was hardworking and uh, God-fearing and loving. And I had a sister, um, just a, an all-American type family. And I always believed in God from a young age. When I was nine years old, uh, my life uh, changed drastically one morning in November of 1981. Uh, my father was killed in a car accident on his way to work, and um, that sent our family uh, into a, uh, an entirely new place of fear and just desperation and just the unknown, obviously a um, kind of a defining moment of uh, trauma that kind of set the course for my life from that point on. So from that time, I suffered from a lot of fear and insecurity after that happened. When I was younger, in my early years, I was a very confident young man and, and bold, and um, things changed that day on. I, I pretty much did a 180 and became very fearful. I was insecure, just really thought different than um, I thought most kids around me. I was very scared of death. I didn't know what would happen if my mom died and wondered about uh, what life was about. Why, why, why are we here? Uh, just stuff you wouldn't think a nine or 10 year old would think about. And those are the types of things that were going through my mind. So I struggle with that and, and uh, 
couldn't shake those fears um, through a lot of my younger years. As I got into high school um, and, and struggled with a lot of that internally, um, that's the first time I ever heard the gospel. I'd never heard the clear gospel presented before, or if I had, I, I just never, it fell on deaf ears. I'd never responded to it if I had heard it, but it all made sense. Um, I remember the day very clearly when I was saved, and um, the gospel just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was on my face just in tears, and um, I realized that so much of what had happened to me, even at an early age, had prepared me for uh, my need. God was showing me um, the need and desperation um, uh, of Him and the forgiveness of my sins, and, and so much of what I had struggled with made sense of my place in the world and purpose and what He had created me for. Uh, but as I found out, as I kept going, um, I still had a lot of uh, struggles even after that. I remember thinking after I got saved that um, I just thought I wouldn't struggle with any sin anymore. I thought it would be um, all all easy from then on out. God had saved me and it was going to be easy going from here. I just didn't understand what was ahead of me and really what the quick Christian life was about. So a lot of struggles continued. And it was during that time in high school also that I was introduced to alcohol for the first time. And um, I remember the first time trying alcohol and just the wonderful feeling it gave me inside. And um, I remember just thinking, I, I didn't know something existed that could calm my fears and um, just put me in that place of confidence. Uh, I didn't know anything existed that could do it. And uh, I, I just had that draw towards it from from that point on. So two those two factors entered my life about the same time. So Struggled on and off through high school, went to a few different colleges, um, struggling to um, grow in my faith and not really doing so. A lot of it was uh, just due to the fact that I, I um, basically ignored God's word. I didn't study it. I didn't read it. I didn't dig in. I tried to be part of a church, but uh, very nominally didn't um, get involved very deeply. Um, so a lot of that was on me, but ended up going to um, a Christian college eventually, and, and which got my life on a, a much straighter path. I uh, met Kelly there, my wife. We got married a few years after that, and um, I guess you could say that's where um, things started to head towards crisis. Uh, the first five years of our marriage, I would say, were good. They weren't great, but they were good. Um, but uh, it was during those times that I, I was drinking more and more, and I began hiding it. And uh, anytime you hide something, Obviously, there's a huge problem. Um, it's a red flag for anything. But I was hiding my drinking, and um, I would keep beer in the fridge just to have once in a while, but it was mostly a masking agent for all the other things I was doing during that time. So my drinking started to snowball and grew and grew and grew. And uh, what had been, um, I would say, a good image on the outside. I had, um, you know, by my mid-20s, I felt like um, most people thought pretty highly of me and just things I had done and accomplished and career-wise and things like that. But um, by the time, um, you know, we had been married for six, seven years, uh, my drinking took a, a terrible turn for the worse. I, a few dynamics kind of lined up. Um, I had changed jobs and it allowed me to work from home and I didn't have any accountability during that time. Uh, my boss lived in Chicago. I didn't have to report to an office. Um, we had moved. Uh, we had gotten pregnant with our first child and um, things just started to align where I was drinking more and more, and pretty soon it turned into drinking all day. So by uh, 2007, um, things had kind of hit the crisis point where physically, um, things I was just out of control. I had gained almost 100 pounds in three years because I was drinking so heavily. The physical effects were taking their toll. I uh, just had like internal bleeding issues and couldn't even walk up steps. I was uh, sweating and shaking 
profusely during the day if I didn't drink. It was it was an absolute disaster. And even looking back on it, I can almost not believe it's my story looking back 15 years or so ago. Um, it seems like a different life and a different person. And I'm so thankful <laughs> that I'm where I'm at today. But uh, the physical issues were not um, all by themselves. It came with financial problems. I had driven us deep into debt. We were well over $100,000 in just consumer debt from zero planning and, and uh, budgeting for probably five years. Spiritually, I was a mess. I wasn't involved in anything, wasn't reading God's word. I just got to the point where I kept asking myself, how did I get to this point? I mean, I'm a Christian and um, I don't know how I arrived at where I am. And um, at that point, it had gotten so serious that I didn't know how much longer I could keep going. Um, I was pressed between uh, knowing that if I kept this up, it was going to end in disaster or death. That was kind of the two things I, I knew I was heading towards, and I still couldn't stop no matter how hard I tried. So I got into a kind of the, the apex of the story um, where by fall of 2007, my wife uh, Kelly had told me that she was planning to take a break and leave for a while just to get away from me so I could figure out my problems. I knew when she told me that if that were to happen... I thought I would probably die because I wouldn't be able to stop drinking and then I'd be all alone and uh, then it would get even worse. And at the same time, I was looking at my new baby boy, my son, and um, the emotions were so deep inside of me and, and I knew I wouldn't be able to live with the regret, but I was, I was looking at my son, my newborn, saying, um, I'm about to do the same thing to my son that had happened to me, just be, being without a father, but the difference is that it, it was going to happen because of my decisions and uh, not because of some event that happened that was out of my control. I was about to destroy his life and my wife's life and probably the future legacy of our family tree uh, because of this horrible addiction that had taken control of me. And I had, I, I was, I had no way out. So uh, on a Saturday morning in September of 2007, all these things kind of came to an intersect inside of me. And I was laying on the couch one morning um, after a heavy night of drinking, just kind of in turmoil and, and kind of out of my mind, just not knowing how to think about anything and where it was going to go. And I stood up and I walked over to my wife and I said, Kelly, um, I have something to tell you. I, I, I have a drinking problem. I've been hiding it from you for four years. And um, I just blurted it out of my mouth. And I, I think it was the Lord that um, pushed me to to do it, to, to stop it, you know, to stop the train where it was. It had to come to a stop and it, it happened that day. And I remember it very clearly. It was a, another very defining moment in our story. And it was um, a bombshell that went off. Um, it was uh, a beautiful thing and a, and a very, very difficult, excruciating thing. Suddenly, the last several years of our life made a lot of sense to my wife. A lot of pieces of the puzzle started to click. Uh, she had understood a lot more just in an instant of what had been happening and why. Um, I often think of um, the book of James and uh, the simple verse of humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. And uh, I came to the point where I was being humbled. God was forcing me to my knees uh, in a situation that I could no longer manage. So uh, the house of cards fell. Uh, there was no more managing an image. I couldn't do anything on my own. And I had to cry out to him. And it started with exposing my sin to my wife. And I drug it into the light. And I told her. And uh, it was the start of something beautiful. So it set us on a on a wonderful path, a long, long path of, of recovery and reuniting. And it started with uh, me going to treatment a few months later and getting help. I had 30 days um, 
on my own in a treatment center with the advantage of being a believer and uh, having the Holy Spirit and working through uh, just reconnecting with the Lord through his word and, and studying some of his truths and um, I guess relishing in my um, forgiveness and how he was going to rebuild my life and then uh, transitioning back into our life uh, was not easy and that's a lot of what Kelly will talk about next week but started us on a path of um, spiritual growth that I can only describe as um, just a trajectory of straight up. It, it lit a fire inside of Kelly and I um, in studying God's word and digging deep into theology and understanding more about him and how it applied to our lives. Um, our unity just as a couple grew tremendously over the years. I had a job at the time where I was a sales rep covering a big territory. So I had 20, probably 20 to 30 hours a week drive time, and I was listening to podcasts and the Bible on um, audio and uh, anything we could get our hands on, we were listening to and reading and listening uh, to Bible, and it was amazing. Um, so fast forward to today, and it's it's been 14 years, and the Lord's had us on a amazing path. And I look back and, and think those were defining moments in my life, but I would also say that those things don't define me today. I don't look back and say, oh, I'm an alcoholic, and I'm I'm still just wrestling with these things. The Lord um, literally pulled that out of my life, and it's a part of what happened. But um, who he is and how he re rebuilds lives is so much bigger than the problems we deal with. So um, I guess kind of how I would maybe wrap it up today. Um, just my first thought is um, hope. There's always hope in Jesus Christ, no matter what scenarios we're dealing with, no matter how bad things get, no matter how devastating, whether it's your own sin that has uh, destroyed you or maybe there's things outside of your control that have affected you and um, caused you to suffer and go through crisis, uh, you are never without hope. The Lord Jesus Christ always offers hope. He is always working all things together to the good of those who love him. And uh, the body is always there. Uh, we have an amazing body at grace and uh, so many people in this church um, and i'm not even talking about the staff and pastors so many people want to step in and exercise their spiritual gifts and help whether it's um, teaching or applying god's word or discernment or encouragement or praying with you mercy all those different types of things people want to help and kelly and i were so fortunate to watch the body in action come rushing to our help and do so many things for us um, when I think about suffering, um, I think about uh, it's a very valuable thing the Lord has uh, for us in suffering. We all go through it. Um, if we're not in it right now, we're um, either coming out of something or going right back into something that he has planned. So it's valuable. It's necessary. It can be excruciatingly painful, but it's a vehicle God uses to uh, prepare us, I think, for our desperation for him. And there's just certain things that only suffering and trials can teach us. There's, um, um, when you go to God's word in the midst of crisis, um, there's only certain times that you can learn things and um, it's through those vehicles that God uses. So I would just encourage everybody um, that you're not without hope. Um, these things are happening um, that can really affect and help you in the long run. And I'll just finish by... Um, I think reading through Psalm 32, I like, I like to read Psalm 32 when, when we tell our story, um, mostly because um, although this is a Psalm of David that uh, is associated 
with his lament after his sin with Bathsheba um, and just praising the Lord for being forgiven. Um, the way he articulates it is um, very much um, applicable to, to my situation. I, it just resonates with me. So I'm, I'll just read Psalm 32 as I end in this portion. So uh, Psalm 32, David says, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For my day and my night, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely the great rush of waters, they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy for all you upright in heart. Thank you.